Hello, beautiful soul family, and welcome to the Walk On Podcast, the podcast where I try to demystify spirituality, personal growth and healing, and whatever else I feel like talking about. This week's episode is called The Power of Ritual, and it's about what rituals are, what purpose they serve in spirituality, how they can help you manifest, how we all engage in rituals to a certain extent, um, and just sort of like what they are, how they work, how you can utilize them in your everyday life, and um, how they've served me along my journey. So stay tuned. (laughs) Um, But first, I'd kind of like to do a little ritual with you. We haven't done a guided meditation in quite a while. Um, They don't always feel like appropriate for certain episode topics, but for this one, I feel like we should probably do one. So, and also y'all, I have not been engaging with my breath work. Like I have been a breather, breathing (laughs) for like half a decade. I mean, I'm a singer. I like studied vocals for, for God, I don't know, a really long time since I'm 17 and I'm about to turn 34. So you do the fucking math. But (laughs) so like breathing is really important to me. But lately I've been working so hard on getting the book out, on doing all my content. Uh, it's I've been working like literally full-time or full-time plus, like nine hours a day is what I've been averaging, which if I were not me, I would yell at me and tell myself to be a nicer boss. <laughs> but the truth is I'm having a lot of fun. I love being busy like this. I love being able to pour everything I have into it. Um, but I have been like super neglecting my spirituality and like my spiritual practice and rituals in my life, which is why this episode is going to be helpful to me. Um, (laughs) but last night I had some terrible dreams But it was weird. It was like I was having the dreams, but in my dreams, I was thinking about how I haven't taken a a good deep breath in a while. And when I woke up this morning, I realized that like I'm out of practice. Like I tried to take a good deep breath and I couldn't. All I could take were these like little shallow ones. And then I remembered that it's a practice, (laughs) Um, that it's something that you have to like consciously engage in, that you have to work those muscles Um, And that you have to give yourself that time. You have to carve out that sacred space. At least I do. Um, So starting with this right now, (laughs) I'm going to really try to reincorporate my own rituals and especially my breathing practice into my everyday life because breath is the center of everything. It's like our life force, right? If you can't breathe, what happens? Um, and especially right now, like with, with COVID going on with like the Amazon, um, which is like the, you know, they call it the, the lungs of the earth, um, not able to keep up with the carbon emissions. You know, we have all the climate disaster stuff happening. Like there's a lot of scarcity around air, if you think about it. 
And as within, so without, you know, I think it's really important that we just take a few seconds to be grateful for the breath in our lungs and for the ability to really, um, like, luxuriate in the relaxation process and, like, centering nature of breath. So if you are new, I've had a few new listeners in my most recent episodes, so if you are new and you haven't done one of these guided meditations, um, all we're going to focus on is like taking a big round breath. So you're not just thinking about filling up your lungs, like just inhaling, like, you know, you're thinking about inhaling all the way down. You want to feel your lungs expand horizontally. You want to feel them expand like as in your sides expand, as well as your belly, as well as your back. You want to feel it in your whole back. You can feel the muscles around and in between your ribs stretch. It feels so good. So we're going to take a long, slow, steady inhale through our nose. We're going to hold. And then we're going to take a long, even longer, slow, steady exhale through our mouth with like an ooh shape. So you're going to be breathing out as if through like a narrow straw. And then we're going to do it again. So with me and at your own pace, first we're going to inhale through the nose. You can literally hear my nose being all allergy. So sorry about that. We're holding the breath for just a moment and then we're going to exhale. And again, inhale. Oh, that was a good one. Hold at the top. Feel it go all around your body. Feel it relax your muscles and exhale. Inhale again. Hold for a moment. Exhale at your own pace. As you continue on consciously breathing like that, I'm just going to give you some mantras and affirmations to carry with you throughout your week. I am whole. I am whole all on my own. I am love embodied. I vibrate with the frequency of the universe, which is love in its purest form. I am kind, I am conscious, I am doing my best, I am healing, I am whole, I am whole all on my own, I am love, 
I am vibrating with the frequency of the universe, which is love in its purest form. I am present. I am grateful. I am patient. I am flowing with my highest good. I am in surrender. I am trusting my journey. I am healing. I am whole. I am whole all on my own. As we take a few more breaths, I'm just going to ask you to think about a couple things you're grateful for. If it's a person, picture their face. Send whatever that is, good energy. Breathe in that gratitude. Hold and breathe out. Take just a couple more breaths and I'm gonna remind you that there is beauty all around. There are miracles occurring constantly. The magic of the universe exists in the mundane. In the kitten hiding in a bush, in the butterfly drinking nectar, in the sun shining through the leaves on the swaying branches of the trees, the clouds, the moon, the stars, the sun. The magic exists in the mundane. It is up to us to pay attention. So as you move throughout your week, when you feel stressed, when you feel disconnected, when you feel discouraged, when you feel hopeless, when you feel alone, look around. Look for the kindness of strangers. Look for a cute animal. Look for something silly that makes you laugh. Look for the love and you'll find it. More importantly, be the love that someone else finds. Take one big inhale. One last big exhale, feel your whole body relax. Thank you so much for your energy. Thank you so much for practicing that with me. Amen. So, I am an autistic person and I love routine, okay? 
I love routine. I worship routine. I celebrate routine. And I sometimes too rigidly <laughs> adhere to routine. Um, I, I have learned to find flow throughout my day. I have learned, it's, it's, you know, the ADHD autism um, overlap is tough because, excuse me, I just burped. <laughs> um, I ate a biscuit before I started recording this, <laughs> just like shoved it into my mouth hole. Um, mouth hole, mouth hole, you know what I mean? <laughs> both um so I I have previously had a lot of issues with executive functioning to the point where like I, I could go whole months without doing anything um you know compare or like ugh, combine that with depression with being overwhelmed by my PTSD symptoms by my chronic illness flaring up like it, it was very easy for me to just barely exist um and so over the past few years very slowly and with a lot of upheaval and like variation and change in my life I have slowly taught myself how to do routine um, at the beginning of my spiritual awakening, actually, this is when it started happening. My ritual was my gateway drug to routine. So I was, um, I was like in sort of the last leg of what was my, f my most serious long-term relationship, the first partner I lived with, and things had been unraveling for some time. Um, I was, I had read a couple of, so you think you were traumatized growing up self-help style books. If you're interested in, in those, um, in what I read, I have an episode, um, I made maybe a year ago called the books that helped me heal. So if you'd like some resources on where to start, go check that episode out. Um, and I list all of them and explain all of them there. But I had read a couple, so I was like realizing I'd been traumatized. Um, I had read, I got, I purchased and like read my first book on witchcraft, which does a lot of meditating and visualizing. It teaches you, it's called Witchcraft by Laura DeAngelis or something like that. That's in that, it's on the, the past episode, so check it out if you're into it. But, um, it's it was a lot of like <clears throat> picture a circle you know like breathe like we just breathed and picture a circle now make the circle big make the circle small make the circle a ball change the circle's color make it bright make it dark make it a moon make it an apple and then take a bite of the apple feel your teeth crunch like hear the crunch feel the juice taste it is it sour is it sweet feel yourself chew it feel yourself swallow it um, just like visualizations like that, because that spell work is really just meditating and visualizing. And the thing with magic is that it doesn't like, you can't have something you can't picture. So like, if you can't, I don't know what that was y'all. If you can't imagine yourself 
embodying something, being something, having something, experiencing something, then you can't, then it's, you can't access it. You can't create it. So the, I'm like really freaked out by what that voice was. It sounded like it was like right in my microphone. (laughs) Um, you, you have to learn visualization before you can even really like start doing ritual magic. So, um, that's why the book started with that. It was about, um, really getting your mind's eye very clear, very precise, and like very in your will, like, like being able to conjure something with your mind's eye. And I think that's really helpful with deprogramming, um, like trauma induced cycles of thought and self-flagellating beliefs and all that is like, if you can, if you know how to direct your thoughts, that's a pretty big step towards deprogramming. And, um, so those were sort of my first rituals were just, just small guided meditation practices and, um, yeah, and just like centering myself in that way and sharpening my mind's eye. So then I began, I would wake up every day and I would, I'm sure I've talked about this before on this podcast. I would, I had this big, huge white candle and I would light it. I would light some incense. I would usually get stoned and I would, um, sit it on my coffee table in front of me with my journal and my tarot cards. And I would simply say, mother universe, show me the way. Um, (laughs) I would say, uh, oh, I can't remember the whole prayer anymore because I don't do this. Uh, my ritual has changed greatly since then, but I would say, um, as I, oh, I can't remember. It was something like I, um, I call on the witches or the women who have come before me who allow me to live in their light and I honor the women who will come after me who allow me to live in theirs, something like that. Like some kind of like honoring of ancestors. Although I wasn't thinking of ancestors in like a literal way. I was thinking of like Dr. Maya Angelou and like Frida Kahlo and, um, and people like that, you know, just like artistic, creative, powerful, healing oriented women who, who paved the way for my existence as like a radical, um, witch and like person, you know? And I would just like feel them with me. I would sometimes like cry. I would just purge my emotions. Um, I would think about all the things I was going through. I would literally speak out loud to the universe. I would rant and rave. I would throw little tantrums. I would, um, I would express gratitude. I would say thank you prayers. I would just like have a good like 20 minutes of just sitting there with this candle and, um, and just feeling my feelings and being really present and not holding back. I would write down, well, I guess at this moment I wasn't keeping a journal cause I wasn't a hundred percent sure my partner wouldn't read it. Um, 
So I was mainly doing it out loud when he wasn't home. And actually, I think these rituals were the precursor to this very podcast, right? It was just like my first, um, the first relationship I had, this relationship that I was cultivating with what I was calling Mother Universe. Um, This was obviously when I was identifying as like she, her, and like as a woman, this has evolved since then, um, as it does. And so I now refer to just the universe as the universe, or I use the word God because I'm much more comfortable with it now. And my, my God uses they, them pronouns because they are a reflection of me. I am a reflection of them. And so, of course, we would have the same sort of gender identity or like genderlessness because um, I am made in their image, right? So everyone's is different, but um, this was the first, like, this open, honest, um, uninterrupted, uninhibited relationship I'd ever had. I was, I was suddenly able to, like, express my feelings out loud. And as I was talking about in the last episode, the horror episode... <clears throat> That if you don't acknowledge that something is there, it's really hard to heal it, right? If you can't even admit that you're hurting, you're, it's going to be impossible to feel better. If you can't admit that you have a problem with alcohol, um, it's going to be pretty impossible to heal that. You know what I mean? Like That's why admitting is the first step. So... Um, just being able to like sit and vocalize what I was feeling and like cry and process and find gratitude and just be like, I can't even explain to you how magic everything around me felt, how magic that house, that living room felt, how powerful I felt in that moment, um, in those moments, in those mornings, the sunlight pouring through the window, just connected. And, and really at this at this moment in my life, I was, um, it's nearing my Saturn return. So I was like having a lot of uncomfortable change happen in my life. I was definitely coming to terms with the impending collapse of all of my faulty foundations. And this collapse would go on for a good, you know, six years or something. I feel like I'm only just coming out of it now. And, but I was really finding spirituality. And and with the start of, of the meditation and visualization lessons, and then this morning ritual I would do every day, I... I felt even more connected. I and I started receiving synchronicity. I started pulling my tarot cards every day and getting like very direct and clear guidance on what I was going through. Whether I listened to it or not right away is a, another story entirely, but but it was there. It was starting to be there and I was starting to notice that it was there. And then I started gardening, so I was like getting my hands and feet in the dirt every day. I was, um, I was nurturing life. I was experiencing and watching things grow. I was like growing food. So I was able to eat what I had grown, which was very powerful and connected me to the earth. I started going to yoga, um, and, and 
doing these like, excuse me, Jesus Christ, doing these like really intense guided meditations and, um, and I met a bunch of other, like, I will say wannabe witches, like they love the aesthetic, but they don't really fully engage with the process. (laughs) Um, but I started hanging out with these girls who like were into the idea of doing like moon rituals and stuff. So we started all going to the beach and doing moon rituals. And while I was the only one who was like taking it seriously um, and definitely a little bit judged for how seriously I was taking it, I was seeing results. I was seeing my life take shape and change based on what I asked for. Now, mind you, I wouldn't, I would almost never get what I asked for with a few rare exceptions, but I would get what was best for me, if that makes sense. So if I'm praying and praying and praying and praying that this like person who's not good for me will fall in love with me too, I can't make that happen, right? But what did happen was I fell in love with myself. Um, I can't will things to happen in a way that they're not meant to happen, which is why I think that the real secret to like the law of attraction is actually the law of surrender. It's just realizing like, God, you show me what's best for me and I will follow suit. I have this on my EP mantra. I have this song called Mary Magdalene, which is like, I bow in humble gratitude and praise. I am your servant. I am your saint. I am the handmaid of the Lord. Whatever you say, I will believe it. And it's just, it's sort of about how Mary Magdalene was Jesus's like right hand man. Like, and it caused a lot of conflict in his, um, his little crew because she was a woman and they were all sexist. Um, but the reason why she was his right, right hand man, besides the fact that I think they were in love, um, was because she believed in his cause and she saw the vision that he saw and stood by him and like, didn't question him or, or sort of like challenge his, um, I don't even want to say challenge his authority, but she just like trusted him and trusted his vision. And, um, and that's what I try to do with the universe. It's like a good lesson in faith. And, uh, well, I think all things like, all things are made better by, uh, incorporating a little bit of questioning, (laughs) but as far as my faith with my God, my life, my path, my purpose, um, it's really important for me to surrender because if I'm trying to like, I have proven more times than I can count that I don't know what's best for me. And when I let go and surrender, the universe shows me. And what the universe has in mind for me is always infinitely better than what I would have given myself because they love me more purely than I love myself. Every day I am learning and striving to love me the way that they love me, which is what I was missing from my caregivers when I was a child. And I'm sure that that many people listening now would feel the same way, like, unconditional love I think is is really reserved for God (laughs) like the universe is 
is the best at that. And, and most people are just striving to be a version of that or feeling like this. I think this was the case with my grandma. Like she knew that she was supposed to be unconditionally loving. And so she would constantly tell me that I was unconditionally loved. Meanwhile, having like one of those comically long scrolls of conditions, <laughs> um, which really confused the phrase for me and made me really upset when people would talk about unconditional love. I would get very triggered and I'd be like, that's, you shouldn't unconditionally love people. You should like definitely have conditions and boundaries. But um, the way that God unconditionally loves is like, I really don't think there is sin. I really don't think there is punishment. I don't think that there's heaven and hell. I don't think that morality exists in um, in a consciousness like that. I think all of that shit is tied up in our ego. Like people only do harm if they're operating from a place of ego. And the universe doesn't have an ego. The universe just is. And the same way that like dogs and cats and like fish just are they're not making judgments they're just experiencing life and um while I don't I don't think that it's possible for a person to really engage with that level of love um because we have egos like we're alive so we have egos we have thoughts so we have egos but I do I have made it my life's mission to get closer every day um, I forgot where I was going with that initially, but rant over. Um, <laughs> so I just kept expanding my spiritual practice because I would like see the, I would see the, the, um, the harvest, you know, I would see the rewards for, for my focus, for my concentration, for my clear, ever-growing, more increasingly clear vision, um, for my prayer, for my ritual. I was seeing it pay off, and that would make me engage even harder and commit even harder and ask for what I wanted in less of a selfish way. I remember when I was a kid, my grandma was like teaching me how to pray, And she said, like, you're not supposed to ask for cars or, like, good grades or for someone to like you back. You're supposed to ask for, like, things that are within your control. So, like, God, give me patience. God, make me kind. God, make me loving. You know, God, help me heal this thing. And so I've always prayed that way. And I was starting to see, you know, while initially in my ritual I was asking for, like, very material things um I started to shift more towards like stuff like that you know like help me change my situation help me change for the better help me more compassionate help me be more communicative help me love myself more and uh and boy oh boy did life take off (laughs) um one ritual that I really love and I I hope soon to start putting together like a course um on this topic but my favorite ritual is a self-love ritual that I do in the shower so like um this I used to do bath rituals which are definitely ideal but being in the heat for extended periods of time 
gives me migraines now, so I had to give that up. But uh, you can do it in the shower too. In the bath, you just like turn the lights off, light a bunch of candles, put some Himalayan, um, like Epsom salt or some like lavender or whatever kind of Epsom salt in the tub, put some essential oils in there, let the, you know, watch the steam rise in the candlelight, feel your body relax, put, put something on that puts you in a magical place. I really love to listen to rumors by Fleetwood Mac, (laughs) um, or like Chet Baker or Miles Davis, or even like meditation by neural beats and just vibe, you know, stay in there, breathe, feel your body, talk to God. Um, the shower ritual is like, I just get in, wash literally every inch of my body, like, and not just like a quick military style shower. Like I, I take my time. I get between my toes, just like every nook and cranny. And I use my healing hands. We all have healing hands, you know, capable of Reiki powers. And I just run my hands all over my body. I touch myself as a lover would, you know, with affection, with admiration, with um, reverence and just relax into that. I cleanse. If I need to like release, this is where the releasing comes. I'm washing away resentment, you know, I'm washing away fear. I'm washing away judgment of myself. I'm washing away the thought that I'm not enough, I'm washing away rejection. I just like go through all the stuff that I'm releasing, rinse, right? Rinse fully, all the way clean. Sometimes at this point, I'll turn the water onto cold because uh, have ending the shower with cold water is supposed to be really good for you. And I'll just like cleanse, cleanse, cleanse. Sometimes I'll rub myself down also with like an exfoliant or like Or salt, I'll do like a salt cleanse in that way. Just like pour it over my head because again, I can no longer take baths. Um, (laughs) That's a good way to get the like cleansing element of salt. So then once I'm done with the shower, I do the same thing again, but with like lotion or like massage oil or essential oils I'll rub every inch of myself down and this is where I'll do my self-loving affirmation so like you are beautiful you are sweet you are kind you are so smart you're so resourceful you're such a hard worker you are healing you are a light you make the world better by being in it you know you are making your dreams come true you're so driven, you're so caring, you're so honest, like, I just, I think of these moments as, like, my mother voice talking to my child voice, so I'm like, what would I say to a kid to, like, build up their self-esteem, and I, I give myself those things that I've never had my whole life, and, like, again, this is the power of visualization, this is the power of shadow work and soul retrieval this is the power of giving yourself the love that you need (laughs) is it fills in the spaces um I used to think about this when I was like really for the first for the first time in my whole life alone I had no one 
I was just like totally isolated. My whole life had fallen apart and I was just like standing in the rubble of my tower moment. And I would go to sleep at night after spending, after living with someone for two years and being with them for four, I would go to bed at night and just be like lonely. Like I would just ache with loneliness. It would be so heavy that it would physically hurt. And I would literally cry myself to sleep and like put my arms around myself and hold myself until I fell asleep and like comfort myself. And every day I would wake up a little lighter, a little more used to the aloneness, a little less lonely and a more just like a little more just grateful for my own company and but in those moments I gave myself what I needed I and this is it happened over and over again if I get rejected either professionally or romantically or like as a friend or whatever I stop and I acknowledge how much it hurts I acknowledge how triggering it is I acknowledge when the first time I felt that kind of rejection was and I go through a minute where I just like see myself going through all these things and then I think what would I have wanted to hear the first time this happened and then I tell myself that and god damn if it doesn't make me feel better so yeah I just like rub myself down get my skin nice and soft and shiny and beautiful and glowy and uh do these loving affirmations then because I'm newly clean I will light it like some candles like around the house I will um do like smoke cleansing with incense or like rosemary or um you know cedar whatever and open all the windows let the smoke out and just like feel the energy I will sometimes do a meditation after I'll sometimes have an orgasm after which is a different kind of ritual <laughs> But I just get myself into this like high vibrational, spiritual, connected, um, self-loving space. Um, and that's like really what ritual is all about. Like ritual, whether it's like a sports game, a sports ball game, or um, a performance, like a concert, or a like church on Sunday um, or Saturday, (laughs) it's, uh, just communal gatherings where you're all, or like watching a horror movie, like all of these things are rituals of sorts. They're like everyone getting together and focusing your energy on one thing, having a common goal or a common, um, experience. And do you ever like, you know, when you leave those things, you're kind of like high, like you leave a concert and you feel inspired and invigorated and like energetic. You just feel pumped the fuck up. And same thing with like a sports game. That's why people go out and like riot after because they're just like jacked on energy, you know? (laughs) Or if you go to like like a religious space that is um that isn't just grounded in shame and judgment and is actually like meant to build you up you leave feeling full you know full to carry that wisdom you just experienced um through your week 
And that's the purpose of it. It's like to connect, whether it's you alone connecting with your goals and desires, with the things you'd like to heal, with the kind of person you feel you are becoming or you would like that you intend on becoming, whether it's you in a coven and you're all um, using the collective energy to manifest your wills and desires, whether it's you with the earth as in gardening or eating food you grew or just walking barefoot on the beach or whether it's something where it's a big group of people all focused on, you know, even if it's something as like seemingly trivial as entertainment, like that's what it is. It's there to boost your energy. It's there to remind you that you're connected to something greater than yourself and and that is meant to inspire you to do something um, of meaning in your life. And I'm not speaking about that in capitalist terms. Like, like for me, my biggest goal in life is to live off the grid. Like, I would love to just, like, live off the grid, to eat food I grew, just to be able to, like, go the fuck outside and be alone with nature is really like <clears throat> my ultimate goal. Everything I am doing in this life and building <laughs> is meant to serve that purpose in the end. Um, that's like greater to me, <laughs> you know, like more than putting out albums, more than releasing books, more than even doing this podcast even though this podcast I feel is like my work of service, like this is the thing I'm, I do and will always do, hopefully, as long as I have ideas, um, just to pay it forward. Um, but uh, greater than all of that, I think, is my own simplicity and like ability to just live, to just be without having to grind or struggle or even like be on the internet like I just want to be able to exist and so when I say do or be or create something greater than yourself it doesn't please like don't take it as a capitalist sentiment it's it's uh it's intended to be almost oppositional to that like just to feel good to feel energized to feel happy to feel whole to feel inspired to feel connected, to be grounded, to be centered, um, and to have that clarity of mind that can bring about magical change. Um, I really believe in this. This is why I think that protests are, like, protests in the name of social activism are so beautiful. Like, it, they, they feel like church is supposed to feel when you go to them. They feel like an event. Because it's just, you can feel, every time I go to a protest, my heart chakra just feels like blasted open to know that these people have, have come together with a, with a goal in mind, a goal rooted in kindness and justice and compassion and care and, um, and are there and present and like the chanting and like the raising of voices, it's just it's a ritual for change, for justice. And, um, and I always cry. Every time I go to a protest, I lose it. I just like get so emotional because I just, it's the most inspiring thing to me. It's like so beautiful and, and wow, talk about like feeling connected and feeling very human and, um, feeling the humanity of others and just seeing like, wow, these people are, 
um, <laughs> I don't know. Like, people feel like I feel. People are doing something about it. It's just something really powerful to it. And, um, and that's really the power of ritual is community, um, is focus, is clarity in a full moon ritual a standard one where you you write down a list of all the things you'd like to release all the things you'd like to let go of you know and you write down all of the things you'd like to call in all of the things you'd like to become all the things you'd like to manifest and then you fold it in three and then in three again (laughs) and then you sit around a fire whether it's like a bonfire or I have like a tiny cauldron that I'll do it in although I haven't done one in quite some time because I can't go burn something outside because I live in a freaking city Um, but a fireplace would work you know and you watch it burn. You put it in the fire and you watch it burn and you think about everything on that list and you like feel it being cleansed away and you feel the vibrations of all the things that you want um, coming to you and then you surrender. Then you let it go. Then you just trust and you know like I've asked for it. I've made my order and the universe is working on it. Um, and you just sort of wait you know you take the necessary action steps to bring it to fruition no matter how small they might be and uh and you just like watch as things unfold and that's the power of it that's the point of it um the clarity is in like just sitting down and 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 putting pen to paper or putting vocal cords together um to just state clearly and in relatively simple terms, you know, like this is what I would like. How often do you sit down and like ask yourself what you want? Like how often do you sit down and clarify? Uh, or how, how many people actually know what they want? Like isn't the most frustrating thing, have you ever been in a relationship with someone or like a situationship with someone who literally doesn't know what they want? Like, they don't know if they want to be with you or if they want to be single. They don't know if they want to be with you or with someone else. They don't know if they want monogamy or if they don't. Like, they just (laughs) have no idea. And so it almost feels like you're being lied to or, like, deceived in some way. But it's just that the person isn't clear. Like, it's the most frustrating thing to deal with because you ask someone what they want and they might tell you what they think you want to hear, but it's not what they want. And what we want does play out subconsciously, whether we like it or not. Like you can't really hide your authentic self for too long. You can't really hide your desire for too long. And a lot of time this plays out in people who don't know what they want, um, in manipulation, like in trying to get their needs met through covert means instead of just owning it and expressing it and I'm not even saying this is malicious or conscious it's most of the time totally unconscious but it is incredibly frustrating and I think that most people operate this way and I don't think that it's anyone's fault I think that it's actually like sorry to beat a dead horse but capitalism's fault 
because it doesn't give us time or space or even like the luxury of asking ourselves what we want. We're just so drained trying to survive every day, just trying to get by and find what little tiny nuggets of peace and happiness we can when we're not sleeping or working or recovering. Um, so even thinking about what you want can be kind of painful if you don't have time and energy and resources to make it come true. Even if it is something like living off the grid or just being a really good friend or, (laughs) you know, I don't know whatever, just being a good presence in the world. Like it can be really painful if you, if you can't access that for whatever reason. And I think that the systems that, control us do have a certain stake in keeping us separate from knowing what we want and being able to go after it if you um if you nurture people's freedom and free thought and following their intuition too much what you get is an uncontrollable population and like capitalism and this oligarchy we live under in america kind of runs off of control off of keeping us in fear off of keeping us in scarcity and um and so I'm not even saying like if you if you don't know what you want I don't want you to feel shame about it (laughs) I just want you to understand that we've been conditioned to be in a place of not knowing and that is one of the most profound powerful things that ritual has given me i'm a libra it's really hard for me to know what i want (laughs) i have spent most of my life head in the clouds just like drifting away and i understand um how frustrating it is to deal with someone who doesn't know what they want because i have been told how frustrating it is to deal with me (laughs) and um I've definitely been perceived and like engaged in behavior that could be considered like covert manipulation to get what I want. But really it was just that I was telling every single person involved what I knew they wanted to hear because I didn't want them to hate me. (laughs) So (laughs) I understand, but also I know how frustrating it is internally to not know what I want because you can't take the baby steps to get what you want if you have no idea what it is, which direction to walk in. And so if nothing else, like a ritual can help you get clarity on that, you know, and, and that is half the battle, honestly, just like knowing what you want and knowing what you don't want by proxy. I guess along those same lines, knowing what you don't want, which is part of that moon ritual, you know, or the shower ritual, like say listing the things that you'd like to release is a good first step to knowing what you do want. Because if you can define what you don't want, that can at least tell you what needs to change. Um, just in the last 10 minutes, I want to talk about mundane rituals. And as an autistic person, how they have helped me just as much as magical ritual or like communal ritual because it's helped me get some order in my life. It's helped me um, be a little bit more stable. So I would say I would consider like sleep one of these self-care rituals. I have a bedtime 
I have a wake up time. And with the exception of sleeping in for maybe like an hour and a half extra on the weekends, which <laughs> isn't great because Lord have mercy, am I tired on Monday and Tuesday? But <laughs> um, I enforce these after a whole life of being an insomniac and not having a bedtime, I learned that this is incredibly important to me, that I function much better when I've had enough sleep, and that that is the foundation of my entire routine, is my bedtime and my wake-up time. Along those same lines is meals. Um, I have been very poor at various points in my life and haven't always been able to afford to feed myself regularly or sometimes at all. But, um, so I understand that that's definitely like, uh, like a class thing. And like, I understand if you can't do it cause you can't afford to, but when you can just like try to nourish yourself. And this isn't even like a healthy versus unhealthy foods thing. This is just like, you are a human being in a physical body and you need to eat. So like, just, just like try, you know, try to do a, some kind of like, even if it's an apple or like a banana or a go-gurt or <laughs> whatever, um, just, I have to eat. Um, and I, it's like a weird remnant of my eating disorder there's this like virtue in not eating and you hear people say it all the time like I haven't had anything to eat but iced coffee today as if it's like a a personality trait and b like a virtuous thing to like ignore one's body in favor of productivity and so like it's very important to me to stay grounded to engage in the self-care ritual of eating showering is also that for me because if I get depressed um, the hygiene is the first thing to go. So I wash my face and brush my teeth every day. I floss every night and most days I take a shower. I don't always because, you know, going a day without a shower is okay. <laughs> and, you know, water saving and, um, and also when I'm having a good hair day with curly hair, you know, it's a fucking crapshoot. So... <laughs> Sometimes I just want to savor the good hair day for one day more, but <clears throat> that's a big part of my ritual. <coughs> Excuse me. If, I, um, if I'm having a really bad day and I just can't shake the bad energy, I'll do a shower ritual just to reset, and it always helps. Another simple ritual is making my bed and doing the dishes, um, like keeping my space tidy. I definitely, like stuff still gets dirty, you know, there's still junk on the floor, like clutter piles up. But as far as like keeping the kitchen clean and keeping the bedroom tidy, it's extremely helpful for me. And it's just, it takes a few minutes every day. As soon as I like get out of bed and start my day, I make the bed. As soon as I finish eating a meal, I do the dishes and, and wipe down the counters and keep it clean. And this just like, it makes it so stuff doesn't pile up and then feel out of control or like too big to take care of. It just makes them like small little tasks and it keeps my brain working much more like smoothly and 
clearly and effectively if I have a lot of clutter going on it's like I can't think straight and I just start shutting down like that's how important these rituals and like the neatness and the tidiness and just being like conscious with um my space that it's like I'm very sensitive to it so these are just like mundane same thing with going for a walk I try to get out I mean I have a dog now so I have to walk him, which is actually really nice for me because if I don't go outside for um, for a, an extended period of time, I do get sad. I miss nature. I like my. I have to have a certain amount of physical movement in my day just to remain happy and like functional. But also, it helps keep my chronic illness at bay to have some physical physical activity going on. So I go on little little walks three times a day and that is extremely like an extremely helpful ritual I make sure to try to be present to look at all the leaves to notice all the like little critters running around um if it's not trash day I try to like breathe deeply and um just be really present and grateful so that's another ritual um that I engage in every day that just like helps me just function and function joyfully and not just feel like I'm hanging on the edge of a cliff all the time also yoga like daily stretching daily meditating is super helpful for me like I said I've been in a little bit of like (laughs) slight workaholism lately so I haven't been doing it as much but every time I do boy howdy does it make me feel better and that's just like when you have CPTSD, um, you are often very much out of your body. Like that's what dissociation is. It's like not being in your physical body and, um, and doing yoga, having like a little yoga practice or any kind of working out, honestly, or, but like, I just love gentle stretching because I've never had any kind of like weight loss goal associated with, just like calm gentle stretching it's always been for like an internal enjoyment so that's why it really works for me but any kind of like connecting even just like dancing around your apartment once a day for a few minutes can be really helpful for getting you back into your body and um all of this is deeply healing it's like teaches you self-care it teaches you how good self-care can feel it allows you to have a moment connected to yourself away from anything external away from distractions and all of this is good for you because I think the way that we're constantly bombarded with like other people's takes other people's opinions other people's perceptions of the world like it is beautiful and educational and definitely has caused some like big cultural shifts but it can also be overwhelming. It can also disconnect ourselves from our own critical thinking, our own discernment, and can really be confusing and cloud like how we feel about ourselves, how we feel about the world. There's a lot of shame out there. There's a lot of judgment out there. There's a lot of condescension out there. There's a lot of um, sort of dissension, you know what I mean? And a lot of like policing the way that... <laughs> people feel about themselves and feel about the world and so I think it's really important to take at least a little time 
every day or if not every day like once in a while just to recalibrate decide how we feel honor our emotions express some gratitude for what we have for the good things in our life even if it's just our relationship to our dog or like our relationship to nature like it doesn't have to be big profound things if you're sitting here thinking there's nothing good in my life like I feel you (laughs) but but there you know even if it's just like I'm still fucking here I guess (laughs) like there is some gratitude to be found in that and that my friends is the power of ritual it just makes you sit still and in the stillness is the profoundness in the stillness is the magic in the stillness is the peace and in the stillness is you at your core stripped away of all the artifice and the survival and the trauma and all of the (laughs) I don't know all of the like cloaks that we wear we have to wear as we move through the world it's just you and your squishiest parts and I feel like the trick to staying soft in in this world in this reality is engaging with that as much as possible and um and doing it one-on-one like that with just yourself is the safest way to do it so I hope this resonates with you. I hope this inspires you to create a ritual for yourself. Um, I'm going to do an episode on like physical self-love, so I'll talk more about this then. But even just like looking at yourself in the mirror and like picking out something you like, you know, just think about the ways that you can incorporate ritual into your life. Think about the ways that you can take care of yourself Think about the ways that you can love yourself and commune with yourself and uh, just consider what you want and what you don't. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to follow me on Instagram, that's Brit underscore that's underscore it. Twitter's the same thing, but with an extra underscore. You can check out my website for to purchase my book, Flight of the Final Girl, which just came out, um, to purchase merch that I am creating to book me for modeling gigs or music gigs or to book a tarot reading or an astrology reading with me or a mentor session or a voice lesson. There's so much going on over there. Please check it out. You can read my blog. You can sign up for my monthly newsletter. You can listen to past episodes of this podcast. Um, So check that out. It's BritCannon.me. Um, if you have any questions or comments or suggestions for future episodes, you can do that at walkonmychild at gmail.com. I thank you so much for being here, for sharing your energy with me, and I wish you a happy, peaceful, uh, satisfying, and like, I don't know, life-enriching, joyful week. Happy healing, my friends. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.